What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing this Wednesday? Yep, it's hump day, the middle of the week celebration. That means we only have a few more days to the weekend. Just a quick update. I'm feeling a lot better. And we also got some news that I'm a little bit excited about. A new Star Wars book came out yesterday. And since this podcast is set around the stories of Star Wars, I'm super excited about this book. But it's not a High Republic book. Not that there's anything wrong with the High Republic books. I've been really enjoying those books. But this book is set during the Clone Wars. Star Wars Brotherhood. It's all about Anakin and Obi-Wan. And it takes off right as the Clone Wars begin. With Skywalker and Kenobi at a crossroads in their evolving relationship. Skywalker is growing from a Padawan to a Jedi Knight. And Kenobi transitions from Master to a fill-in member of the Jedi Council. The author Mike Chin develops both characters in a separate arc before he zeroes in on their bond. The overarching message of brotherhood is relatable to many close relationships. Individuals must grow on their own to become brothers in the force. I just got it on Audible and I am going to start listening to it today. Okay, enough with that stuff. We got a story to get to. Because when we left off yesterday, Bane had just sent out a call to Xana, informing her of where he was at. So let's get to the story and find out what's going to happen next. But first, we got to drop that intro. What will you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what John Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would be joining us. Her first thought was that Bane was setting a trap for her, trying to lure her in. But the more she thought about it, the less likely that seemed. It was obvious who the message was from. If he was setting a trap, why reveal himself like this when it would only put her on her guard? Maybe he just wanted this to end. Before drifting off to sleep, Xana had been thinking about what he had said to her before the confrontation in the halls of the stone prison. Only the strongest has the right to rule the Sith. The title of Dark Lord must be seized, wrenched from the all-powerful grasp of the Master. If Bane still believed in the rule of two, if he still believed it was the key to the survival and eventual dominance of the Sith, then this message was a challenge, an invitation to his apprentice to come to Ambria and end what they had begun in the stone prison. She had to admit, it was better than wasting years chasing each other across the galaxy, setting traps and plotting each other's destruction. Bane had reinvented the Sith so that their resources and efforts would be focused against their enemies rather than each other. When the Apprentice challenged the Master, it was meant to be decided in a single confrontation, quick, clean, and final. Now, however, the Order had been fractured. They were no longer Master and Apprentice, but competing rivals for the mantle of Sith Lord. They were effectively at war, and as long as they both lived, the Sith would be divided. Was it so hard to believe that, for the sake of the Order, Bane wanted to end it with a duel on Ambria? If Bane still honored the rule he had created, then the message could be taken at face value. But what about Undeadu's holocron? She had initially thought he was seeking eternal life so that he could defy the rule of two by living forever. Now, she wasn't so certain. Would immortality really be a violation of the rule's underlying principles? The secrets inside the Holocron might keep Bane from aging, but she didn't think they could protect him from falling in battle. If she was strong enough to defeat him, she would still earn her place as master, just as Bane had intended when he first found her as a young girl on Rusan. 
Now she wondered if the holocron was just a safeguard to keep the order strong. Perhaps Bane saw it as a way to protect against an unworthy candidate ascending to the Sith throne simply because the master became weak and infirm with age. Xana leaned forward and plotted in a course for Ambria, wondering what had made Bane choose the healer's camp as the location of their final encounter. The world was steeped in the energies of the dark side. For the first decade of her apprenticeship, Bane and Xana had dwelled there near the shores of Lake Nath. But he wasn't calling her back to their camp. He was waiting for her at Kalibs. Two times the Dark Lord had nearly died there. Did that have anything to do with his choice of location? Or was there some other explanation? It was still possible she was about to walk into a trap. Ambria was a sparsely inhabited world. It would be easy to make preparations there without drawing unwanted attention. Yet, her instincts told her that wasn't what Bane was plotting. And if her instincts were wrong about something as important as this, then she deserved whatever was waiting for her. Either way, she reasoned as the ship made the jump into hyperspace, this will all be over soon. Night had passed on Ambria, giving way to the scorching heat of day. With the rising of the sun, Bane and Cognus had retreated inside the shelter of the hut. There the Dark Lord had sat cross-legged on the floor, meditating and gathering his strength in preparation for Xana's arrival. She'll probably show up with an army at her heels, Dictachi warned. Bane shook his head. She knows she must face me alone. I don't understand. The Sith used to be as plentiful as the Jedi. Unlike the Jedi, however, those who served sought to tear their leaders down. Their ambition was natural. This is the way of the dark side. It is what drives us, gives us strength. Yet, it can also destroy us if not properly controlled. Under the old ways, a powerful leader would be brought down by the combined strength of many lesser Sith working together. It was inevitable, a cycle that repeated over and over, and each time, the Order as a whole grew weaker. The strongest were killed and the weak tore the Sith apart with their petty wars of succession. Meanwhile, the Jedi remained united confident in the knowledge their enemies were too busy fighting one another to ever defeat them. You discovered a way to break this cycle, Cognus chimed in. Now, everything we do is guided by the rule of two, Bane explained. One master, one apprentice. This assures that the master will only fall to a worthy successor. Xana knows that if she is to rule in my place, she must prove she is more powerful by defeating me herself. Cognus nodded. I understand, Master. I will not interfere when she arrives. As if on cue, the sound of a shuttle's engines roared through the camp. The two of them rose to their feet and stepped out into the desert heat, just as Xana's ship touched down. She emerged a few seconds later. As Bane had predicted, she was alone. He marched forward to meet her. Cognus hanging back near the entrance of the hut. He stopped in the center of the camp. Xana took her stand halfway between the shuttles and where Bane now stood, eyeing the Iktochi in the background suspiciously. She will not interfere, Bane assured her. Who is she? A new apprentice. She has sworn allegiance to you. She is loyal to the Sith, Bane explained. I want to learn the ways of the dark side, Cognus called out to Xana. I want to serve under a true Sith Master. 
If you defeat Bane, I will swear my loyalty to you. Xana tilted her head to the side, studying the Iktachi carefully, before nodding her agreement to the offer. Now this part starts off with Xana pondering Bane's motives. What trick is her master trying to play? Then she comes to the conclusion that he wasn't playing a trick. He was truly ready to face her. She was still hesitant because of Vandetto's holocron, but then she didn't think that it would save him if she cut him down with her lightsaber. So off she went to Ambria, where Bane and his new apprentice was waiting for her to arrive. This is when Bane explains the rule of two to Cognis, as a Toxana shows up, which if I was her, I would have just blown the whole camp up from space. That way I don't even need to break a sweat. But Xana landed and got out of her ship. This is when she sees Cognis and asks, who is this chick? Bane tells her that she is his new apprentice. If I was Xana, I would have started using Sith sorcery right then. I would have made him see that Cognis was a monster, so he would just hack her up. Replace me with a new apprentice before I'm even dead, that's just wrong. But Bane explains that Cognis is loyal to the Sith, and Cognis tells her that if Bane falls, she will serve her as her new master. Xana agrees. This is where this part comes to an end. No action, but it's coming. The final duel between master and apprentice. One will fall and one will become Cognis's new master. But you will have to tune in tomorrow to find out what happens next. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Intent. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening and may the force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.